Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this uh, another amazing podcast today. I'm so excited to, to have Siegfried and Jensen, and specifically Ned, being a part of our sponsorship. And I, Ned, thank you so much for believing in me enough to do this. It's great to be here, Todd. I've, we've known each other for several years, and I've just felt an immediate kinship with you and, and uh, love what you do and, uh, and the people whose lives you've touched, many of whom are in my family. And, oh, thank and you. so it's just a real uh, opportunity and blessing to be involved with you with BeliefCast. Oh, that means a lot, Ned, seriously. And I do. I love your family, and I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of their journey on some level. And But again, more importantly, I'm just grateful that you're a part of this. You're, you know, you have a, you know, a great reputation here in Utah and probably even outside of Utah, but everyone seems to know you. And for me to be able to sit here with you just means so much to me. I, I, I think it would be great to just, I know everyone knows you as Siegfried and Jensen, right? And what you do there. But before all that, just give us a little background. Where did you grow up and maybe a little bit about your family? Well, I, I grew up uh, in Brigham City, born in Brigham City, lived there, uh, uh, through about age 12, went to elementary school up there, and, and then uh, my family moved down to Bountiful, and I went to junior high and high school out in Bountiful. And, uh, Bountiful Brave? Is that I was a Viewmont Viking. Oh, Viewmont Viking. Fact, oh, sorry. I-, <laughs> I went to Woods Cross the very first year it was open. Uh, it was just ninth and 10th grade, so I went to 10th grade at Woods Cross, very first year it was open. And uh, and then went over to Viewmont for my junior senior year. Okay, gotcha. So that was uh, that was my schooling through secondary uh, level, so to speak. Yeah, right on. So, what were maybe some of the things that stand out most to you about your childhood that uh, you know maybe made a really good impact on you that helped you you know move forward even today even. I guess, you know, living in Brigham, uh, most people uh, that are listening probably know. Uh, where Brigham City is. It's not a real big community. It's not a teeny tiny community either, but uh, both sets of grandparents uh, lived in Brigham. Every aunt and uncle, all my cousins lived in Brigham. Okay. And uh, and so I guess some of my uh, fondest memories uh, are just a lot of family gatherings. We used to, I used to go with my, uh, particularly my mom's dad, my grandpa, uh, fishing and hunting a lot and and just doing a lot of things like that uh, right. up there. And so I guess uh, in terms of shaping who I am, maybe uh, it would uh, probably come from uh, a lot of, you know, close family, uh, yeah. uh, a lot of uh, things I just picked up, uh, you know, good old-fashioned work ethic and and, and yeah. values and treating people well. And, and uh, that was probably instilled uh in me from a young age. Yeah, for sure. Well, you definitely are a hard worker. You couldn't get where you're at today without it. Um, but I know you almost look at that as, hey, this is just what I do, but you're passionate about a lot of things, you know, in your life. One particular we were talking about earlier, and I think we should just go right there. I think it'd be really cool for our listeners to understand 
how passionate you are about going to the prison and helping and speaking to these prisoners and sharing your story with them. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, and just so the listeners uh, are clear, I have not been sent to prison. Though a lot of people <laughs> think that all right. lawyers should probably go to prison. <laughs> but uh, about 19 years ago, Todd, I, I had the opportunity to, to start uh, teaching uh, classes weekly out at the Utah State Prison and uh, started teaching uh, a class at the women's section uh, on Wednesday morning for a couple hours. It's, it's a religious uh, class. Right. And uh, about a year later, I started teaching on Friday mornings for a couple hours uh, with one of, the, at one of the men's facilities. And so for the last 18 years, I've, I've taught, you know, uh, women on Wednesdays for a couple hours, men on Fridays for a couple hours. And uh, it's become, and it from day one, I just loved it mm -hmm. uh, because the, the inmates, uh, they're not forced to come. They come because they've kind of hit bottom, so to speak. Yeah, and, right. And I don't think anybody, as they're growing up, when they're asked, uh, as uh, third graders, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, I don't think any of them put an inmate right. or, a, or a, a felon, and so a lot of these people, certainly the ones that come voluntarily to to the classes that I have a privilege to teach, they're ready to make some serious life changes. They've realized mm -hmm. they've they've made some wrong turns in their life, and yeah. uh, and so they've they're humble, teachable. And uh, it's almost like they're dry sponges, right? And and I have the opportunity to be, uh, I guess, the person that helps put a little water in their sponge. Uh, and so, in the eighteen, nineteen years I've been doing this, it's just, it's just, it's been one of the very most gratifying things in my life, uh, seeing people just change, you right. know, and. And uh, having the chance to see them continue that change uh, after they've left uh, left prison and, and uh, become very productive uh, people in society, uh, raise good families, and do a lot of good yeah. things. So I, I'm a wholeheartedly believe that yeah. that anybody uh, can, with the with help, uh, you know, from fellow uh, people they interact with, but also from the proverbial higher power, because I believe true change has to come mm. internally and that true change really comes about uh, as a spiritual process. Oh, I love that. You know, one of the things I think listeners might be thinking, I mean, is it a, is it a scary experience going out there? Obviously, I know you're not scared to go out there because you love it so much, but people might think, well, I mean, are you worried that something's going to happen, or do these do these inmates treat you with respect? I mean, have you ever had a moment where it was a little a scary moments or anything like that? I think there maybe you might be wondering that. So how has that been? No, uh, <laughs> never one at all. In fact, I think most of the inmates. I don't mean this to be you know self-aggrandizing, but most of the men and women out there that I've interacted with or have come to my classes. Uh, over any period of time, I consider them dear friends, and oh, and I wow. think they would literally, you know, 
take a bullet for me. I mean, they yeah. they are just so respectful, almost to a fault, and so grateful yeah. that it just I'm getting a little bit of a you know emotional. It just it uh, it yeah. just warms my heart, and I can't get out there enough. In fact, as I I told you before we started yeah. taping just a few minutes ago, the worst thing about COVID, as far as I'm concerned personally, yeah. It's not the impact it's had on my business. It's not the fact that some of my family members have, have actually had COVID. Right. For me personally, it's that I have not been able to go out to the <laughs> right. prison yeah. and meet with my friends, uh, the inmates out there for a year. You know, when, wow. when uh, the restrictions came down last March, which is a little over a year ago, I have not been able to go out there and teach. And so I just feel like my yeah. arm has been yeah. cut off or, yeah. you know, the such a meaningful part of my life is, you know, I've been forced into sabbatical, so to speak. So hopefully in the next uh, three or four months, uh, they'll let the volunteers start going back out there and I can resume all the fun. Right. Wow. No, I know how passionate you're about that. When I first met you, we had a similar kind of a situation where because I had spoken at the prison yeah. I've been there once right and it was just the same thing you just said I felt so much gratitude from them and I never felt safer and it was unbelievable I walked out there going man was that did I really just experience that so I know why you love it so much and what what are some of the things that you do try to teach out there that you're what are some of the principles maybe that you really try to have these inmates walk away with when you when you meet with them twice a week well uh as i alluded to that i try to tell people that uh no matter what landed them in prison and incidentally i do never not ever ask nor do i even want to know why a man or woman has ended up in prison because i don't want to prejudge that person or think oh you uh you did this or that or the other i i just look at them as as you know a, a fellow brother or sister that has fallen on hard times made some some wrong decisions and wants to turn their life around so the first thing i try to instill uh, uh, you know and every week we talk about it is is to have hope and to yeah. not let the past define you Yes, you've made mistakes. Yes, I've made mistakes. I just haven't been caught yet, I guess, or at least right. to the, the extent that they're going to keep me out there. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm teasing a little bit. I know bit. what you mean. But we've all made mistakes, and yeah. and and uh, I don't think any of us uh, are so good or near perfect that we you right. know, should ever look down on another person. Yeah. And uh, I certainly don't. I, I consider it, as I said, one of the great privileges of my life to – interact with these people and uh, and uh, have the opportunity to try to lift them up to, to higher yeah. ground and help broaden their perspective and and help them start developing some you know some self-worth and right and uh, and uh, so many of them actually do when they're armed with this new spiritual perspective of life that carries them forward uh, because transitioning from prison back into into uh, everyday life outside of prison walls can be can be tough, and so yeah. they really need both men and women need a strong foundation or a spiritual anchor, uh, you know, uh, a, a deep and 
a deeper relationship with their higher power, if you will, yeah. to carry them through the the challenges because there's there's more challenges once they leave prison in For many sure. respects yeah. than than inside because as you well know it's pretty regimented in there yeah. and you can't draw outside the lines too much when you're incarcerated yeah. right but once you get out those prison walls uh, they they really need the buttressing of of a you know a, yeah. a good strong foundation so For sure. Um, I love that. So I, uh, you know, the message of, of hope and, and perspective, uh, you know, yeah. I think really helps everybody, particularly people yeah. I work with out there. For sure. Very well said, Ned. Thank you. You know, it's amazing. You've been doing this for over 18 years. I mean, that's a long time to be doing that. Did what, what drew you to it though? Like what did you get volunteered to do it one day and didn't, you know, or did you always have like, you know what, I want to get out there and help? Or how did that come about? Well, um, you know, I, I guess people probably know by now, but I'm LDS and I, mm-hmm. and I went on a mission to Japan and I've always liked, you know, loved the gospel and I've loved sharing what I believe with other people because I feel like it's really mm-hmm. blessed my life and helped define who I am. And I feel that's the greatest gift I can give to anybody is, is what I have experienced. Yeah. So I've always loved sharing that, the message, uh, whether on, as a missionary in Japan or afterwards for the next 20 years or so, I continue to be active doing quote unquote missionary yeah. type things. And, and, uh, I heard of an opportunity, uh, in one church meeting, uh, uh, the person who was conducting the meeting said, uh, we've been asked to, to make you brethren aware of this, but if any of you uh, are able to, uh, the, we're looking for volunteers, or they're looking for volunteers to come in and teach uh, uh, religion classes out at the Utah State Prison. And then the person that was okay. conducting said, well, uh, but they would be during the day, so most of you probably will have conflicts with work. And I thought, well, I think my boss will let me go out. <laughs> and I'd right. heard from a few other <laughs> friends uh, who had had, had uh, similar opportunities out of the prison say what a wonderful experience it was. So yeah. as soon as I heard that there was an opportunity, I immediately you know, followed up on it and, and uh, somehow— uh, Passed all the screening and security uh, uh, tests, so to speak. That, right. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> background and, checks and yeah, all that stuff. All that right. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> and within a couple of weeks, you know, they said, "Okay, uh, you're you're good to go." And so, uh, ever since then, I've just been going. And, yeah, I love and it. The beauty about this, the reason it's lasted eighteen, nineteen years, is it's not a "Quote unquote church calling," uh, and so it's a volunteer position. Okay. And so there's no release. There's no end date. Yeah, <laughs> and so and people say that's a long time, and I say I hope I'm just getting started. Right. Wow. Yeah. So as long as uh, yeah. as long as I can, uh, you know, talk and get myself out there, I want to keep going. I, right. I, I'm still as 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 passionate about going out there as I ever have been, and particularly now since it's been a year, and I just feel this forced sabbatical 
right. by COVID is just uh, right. about ready to I tear know. my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's coming to, to an end soon, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're on the on the uh, uptick with those things. So I think so, keep too. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's neat that you do that and give back. And, you know, you do have this reputation, Ned, as a guy that gives back. And you do a lot with your organization, you know, with the – your, your, I don't know, you call it a company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I want to, I want to also know how, when did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? Did you always want to be one when you were a kid or did it come later in life when you made the decision? Like, you know what, I'm going to try this or. Uh, I know the exact moment. And I, again, right. I don't want to make this about a, you know, LDS type of thing, but I was on my mission in Japan. Mm-hmm. When I went to Japan, I thought, well, I want to be a dentist because I, I grew up, uh, you know, very involved with golf, and if, that's golf's been a big part of my life. But I thought at that point in time, you know, 19 going on mission, I thought, well, if I become a dentist, then I can schedule my patients whenever I want to, and I'll have plenty of time to golf or to playing this tournament right. or whatnot. So I thought, yeah, I'll be a dentist. <laughs> and then I got out on my mission like and That's a funny. kid in my neighborhood, uh, was a year older than me, he was a good friend. Uh, my parents, you know, would write me every week, like, you know. And I, I was laying on my futon, which is, the, you know, they sleep on the floor in Japan. Right. Yeah. It was on, a you know, the P day, preparation day. I was late reading my... Folks, uh, my mom's letter, and she said, we just got back from Mike Nielsen's homecoming, and he said he's going to finish up his undergrad up at the U and then go to law school. And as soon as I read law school, it was almost like, you know, da-da. Yeah, like, you know, right. You hear this background music, and the, <laughs> the law school started blinking on the, on the letter or really, something. Really, yeah. It was like almost like instantaneously I thought, law school yeah i think i'll do that too really and i never turned back i never changed my mind in the this is just about halfway through my mission so never it's like okay that's decided never thought about it too much again for the next year on my mission and came home and uh lickety split got through uh my undergrad in like six quarters up at the u wow Japanese language test was worth 25 hours. You know? Oh, good. So good. I had a lot of. Sure. I was able to shortcut a lot of things and yeah. got through the U and then uh, undergrad, went to law school, and the rest is history professionally. You've been practicing as they say. ever since, right? Yeah, 38 years. 38 and, years, wow. Yeah, since 83. And it's, it's hard to believe that. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. The time does go fast, you know. It really does. It really Congratulations does. Congratulations. So. I mean, that says a lot, honestly, you know, to be able to stick with something. Like you said, that aha moment, and you haven't looked back. That is, that's pretty rare, actually. Yeah, I, I, you know, I remember up at the U, uh, some, one of the counselors or someone said, the average under, uh, average uh, boy or girl student in undergrad changes their major 2.4 times mm. and they graduate with like 235 hours well you needed 183 hours at the time and so i got 183 hours <laughs> not one more <laughs> so it's kind of a straight line i just sure. the one thing i've kind of always done and mm-hmm. is I've, I've tried to figure out where i was gonna go 
and economy of motion. Just do it. Get it right. done. Don't dilly dally. Don't don't just sit in idle. Just go for it. Yeah. And uh, I did that in undergrad, certainly textbook, and then went to law school and and uh, that's just the way I've kind of wired up. You know, right, I, I don't yeah. like wasting time. I don't like being. I like yeah. having a good time. I like laughing, and people know me. Yeah, I uh, know I. You know, we laugh a lot together, but you know, I I think life is about uh, you know working hard and yeah. and and enjoying life and and uh, and enjoying the people around you. But yeah, I've always found that you know, good honest hard work is is very 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 satisfying as well, and it gives you then an opportunity, like in my case, to to help others. You know, yeah. to go down and and uh, be involved uh, a couple times a week at the prison and other things. So Yeah. Y- well, you, you're even helping me because of that hard work, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, were you always that way, even as a kid? Were you a hard worker, like even back when you were younger? Uh, I, do you, do you recall, I, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's a different time, you know. Yeah. I, I had a morning paper out from fourth to sixth grade so that's okay. ages 10 to 12 so yeah paper out and that's getting up early and, and throwing i'd have the to wrap papers and uh-huh. leave them in a big stack outside <laughs> of our garage right i'd open the garage at 5 five thirty, whatever and i'd bundle the papers and put them in in uh oh in uh bags that, that would you know be over my handlebars you know you'd put them in the in yeah. the bags and and i would <laughs> i would uh, in the bags, yeah, yeah and i hope it, sundays was tough because they were a lot bigger <laughs> yeah. papers and I'd, sometimes i'd i'd start turning and the weight of the papers would make me want to turn more and i'd about turf it i probably did a few times but, i'm sure you did but yeah. i'd do that by myself yeah and but when it snowed in the winter and it was you know too tough to ride yeah. a bike through six or eight inches of snow i'd go in and tap my dad it's it's kind of he's he's passed away but i tap oh. him on his leg and say i need you to help me this morning yeah. so he'd get up and we had an old volkswagen bug at the time they're always great in snow so he'd he'd drive me around and i'd throw the papers out the window right. uh the one awesome. time he got stuck in a in a dip and uh, slowed down enough that, and we couldn't get out. He started spinning, so he said, "Okay, you, you, you get in the driver's side. I'll get be- behind the uh-huh. on the back of the Volkswagen's kind of rocket and push." And he says, "You push this pedal here, and uh, <laughs> when I tell you to push it, you push it, right. and I'll try to get it going." And uh, he got us rocking and pushing enough that we started going. <laughs> And I drove about a block down the road because he never told me how to stop the thing. <laughs> He's he kept chasing me. And he finally got me to, you yeah. know, to he stop said, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, a lot of fun memories like that. And yeah, I used to mow wow. a lot of people's lawns and shovel their walks. Well, yeah, that's pretty young to do, do all, all that. that stuff. Yeah, that was still in the Brigham years when I was, yeah. you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and for sure, and continue to do that when I moved down to Battle and I started working at smith's food king uh when i was just short of 16 because we got to know the smith family who started smith food king up in Brink. Oh. we knew them really well oh really okay and so my yeah me my brother and sister that's the jobs we had you know uh you know 
from 16 moving forward. And it's the only job I ever had before I became a lawyer is working in the grocery mm-hmm. store. I loved it. Just yeah. loved it. Wow. I used to work um, at uh, Skaggs Alpha Beta. Do you remember oh, yeah. Skaggs oh, Alpha Beta? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was back when I was younger too. And I, I really did. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And so I know what you're saying there. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I, you know, during law school when other fellow uh, students would go out and clerk between their first and second year or their second, third year, I went back to Smith's and worked with the people that I loved working with at Smith's. And, uh, you know, people probably thought, well, you're compromising your legal career by not going out and having a summer clerkship for three months. But I thought, I'll be okay once I get out of law school. Right, right. Assuming I pass the bar, I I felt pretty confident that I would be able to, you know, uh, be successful. I didn't know how or what I would do for sure at that point. But I I thought I would, you know, be able to to do well. And so I just went back to Smith's and... uh, had fun uh, working great. summers back in the good old yeah. grocery store. <laughs> that's awesome. And in fact, that's where I met my wife, too, so maybe that had something to do with it. Hey, yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's where you met her, huh? Was she, she's, was she just coming into the store, or was she working there, too? She she and two of her sisters worked in the store. Her older sister is two okay. years older than her younger sister, who's a year younger. And my first uh, job at coming back to the grocery store i grew up in bountiful i worked in the bountiful store but when i came home they didn't have a position for me uh so they said why don't you go out to this richie's store richie is the youngest of of deagle and smith's three sons okay and so it was a smith's food king it was part of the smith family but it's like a lower priced yeah uh kind of discount version so to speak so i was a richie's store out of 35th south and 40th west in west valley and i and so i said okay i'll go out there and for a little while and i just immediately started you know hit it off with the people out there but the first job i did out there was working the night crew throwing freight stocking shelves okay and i went out there you know we'd work like 10 to 6 in the morning or 10 to 7 yeah and i was checking out some people at just a little after 10 and my wife had just finished working as a checker at 10 o'clock shift and she is i hate to say this but i was just barely had turned 21 just got on my mission yeah two or three weeks earlier she's not even 16 <laughs> but she was just a yeah. the cutest little bug and she came through and i'm checking she's getting a diet coke and a something i don't know what right. it was just yeah. something to drink after her shift and why she waited for her mom to come pick her up because she couldn't drive yet. And she goes, oh, you're Ned the Night Stalker. <laughs> and it was just, she didn't know what the, right. you know, what she was saying. is like, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, Ned Bundy or something. Like, right. The Night Stalker. Ned the Night Stalker. <laughs> I just thought that was just so yeah. innocently funny. For sure, yeah. And so, anyway, but uh, we ended up uh, marrying about eight years later or so. and. Wow, that's great. I helped. I taught her how to drive a car and everything because she was just getting ready to get her learner's permit. Right. And okay. Sounds like I, there's only five years difference, but that's a big difference when you're 21 oh, to sure, almost yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. But now it's 64 to 59, so it's the age gap is <laughs> yeah. shortened considerably. It, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm rambling. Tom. No, I'm sorry. No, you're not rambling. No, this is great. Yeah. This, this is good. See, I think people want to hear this. It's like. 
they you know they know about you you know with your so i'm something beyond just the pretty face on their tv set right exactly that's what you're trying to say exactly <laughs> i really am i do that's yeah. my day job that puts a and we do a great job i think at, at what we do yeah uh, or what i, I do professionally but for sure uh, and that's important for sure but uh you know I think uh, helping people uh, the way we're talking about yeah. is it's even more important. That what I've done professionally gives me a chance to to help people in in various ways, and that right. just that's part of the I don't know platform uh, that for sure, so to speak. Uh, that yeah. That well, that's why know, we've teamed platform, up. To, well, that's why we've teamed up because we both want to help people, and. I, I got to be honest, it was just so great to talk to you about this and how willing you guys have been, especially you. And, um, and and I know your desire to just help people. Again, it goes back to, you know, going out to the prison all the time. I mean, you just love making a difference. And and I want to I wanna rub shoulders with people like that. And that's why we're sitting here together, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's, it, you, you know, it, it just feels so much better to help somebody than to just have all your efforts directed at your own mm -hmm. hedonistic uh, yeah. behavior or mm -hmm. or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it just feels good to, you know, help people, I guess. I don't know how, yeah. how more succinctly to... For sure. Or to, you know, have a genuine connection with someone or to even just, you know, say hi to someone or, or shake their hand or just spend a couple of minutes chatting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, no, mean, I, I love it. I just think that's a, a good way to be, and you know, society has become so, you know, I don't know, polarized or divisive, or you know, I I like you know driving. This sounds corny. Maybe it comes from small town value or something. You you know, I drive through the neighborhood, or even coming home from the gym this morning. I just wave to people, you know. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's like just saying hi, you know. I think I hate it when you walk down the, you know, the a hall or a sidewalk, and people just look away or look at their feet. Why yeah. can't we say hi to each other? Sure, Why can't we yeah. not even? It's like we can't even acknowledge that there's another human being in our presence or that, right. that we're passing on the road or the sidewalk or a hallway that 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 type of you know offishness just really kind of bothers me for sure and yeah. i know a lot of people are shy and i'm kind of shy in a lot of ways too right but i've just found in my life todd when we extend ourselves and are friendly uh, uh to one another and and see one another as equals no matter who we are no matter you know what you know nationality or religion we are mm -hmm. uh, just see each other as equals and where we yeah. can you know help one another we do and you know who knows uh maybe next week i'll need help from someone in some other way so right, for sure i don't know i just think that's a, a good way to live one's life no i love it very well said ned there's there's something that uh, you said to me, and you won't remember this, but it's it's something I actually share with my clients to this day, <laughs> and and it's when I first met you, and we were we were talking about you and I were talking about because I get up really early in the morning, and mm -hmm. I know you do too, and 
you said something. You're like, Todd, it's just all about mind over mattress. Yeah. You, I don't know if you remember telling me that, but I thought, yeah, that what a that's what it is. It's like, and this might sound corny too, but there's times where I'll pop out of bed, but I want to go back because I'm tired. But I'll turn back and look at the mattress, and I'll say, I'm stronger than you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because of what you said. And I'll even share it with my clients. Hey, it's all mind over mattress, and yeah. they go, Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. Do you remember? Do you remember that little conversation well, I, we I had? I use that. Uh, <laughs> that uh, phrase a lot particularly on my <laughs> wife and she gets mad when i say it <laughs> sorry we're, we're apologize. sorry yeah. shante but yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I first became uh familiar with that phrase in a book written by as far as i know it's the first book that stephen r covey ever mm, wrote okay. back in the 70s it's a it's a classic it's it's called spiritual roots to okay. human relations and I read it on my mission. I think it came out in 1976 or 77. But that was one of the real takeaways I can still remember from that book is mind over mattress. It's exactly yeah. like you said. Whatever you decide you're going to do, for the most part, most people can do it. Yeah. We either talk ourselves into doing something mm -hmm. or we so often can very easily talk ourselves out of doing something. And... Uh, and uh, and Steve Covey explained it by using that that yeah, example. It's I like, like it. how many of us are so tempted to just either keep hitting the snooze button or just turn the alarm off completely and, and go yeah. back to, to right. sleep for a couple hours. But, <laughs> you know, the old, and I love cliches because I think the basis of almost every cliche is truth. Yeah. The early bird gets the worm. Yeah. Well, if you hit the snooze button or hit the off button and go back to sleep, you're not an early bird. And uh, the worms are going to, for the most part, probably be gone. You know, right. early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I, yeah. I just, for I, sure. I love those. <laughs> Sometimes they sound pithy, but they're just, they're truisms. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I, I think that, you know, they're all, you know, uh, kind of good uh, guidelines for life, you know? Yeah, I love Get it. Get up in the morning and, you know, get invigorated, whether you go to the gym. Half time when you text me in the morning, I'm walking on the treadmill at the gym. I know. And, and you know, what's I, funny I, is I know I can text you early because I know you're going to get it and you'll respond. I'm not waking yeah. you up. You know, you're already out and going. Yeah. You know? So I, <laughs> it, I, it seems like, you know, the, yeah. the busy people are the ones that seem to get the most done. I don't know. I, yeah. But, you know, uh, I think my philosophy is you just you lean into life yeah. Whether it's professionally or like in a service manner or, or whatnot, but so many people, unfortunately, and particularly a lot of people, who have struggled with addiction issues or whatnot, they've they've come to lean away from life. Yeah, and so like out of the prison, yeah. I try to get them, you know, leaning into life with a positive, hopeful yeah. attitude, yeah. and to realize that life for every single one of us no matter where we are is a process yeah it's like climbing a ladder whether you're on on the first rung of the ladder or halfway up the ladder or whatever yeah it's it's really about the trajectory that we're going in and the direction our lives are going in uh so yeah. worry first about it doesn't matter how fast you're going if you're going in a in the wrong direction or in a bad direction i'm Again, I'm a huge Steve Covey 
uh, advocate or yeah. or uh, I just love everything that he's did sure, the way yeah. he taught the seven habits and the yeah and the other more religious oriented stuff but I think it was uh, Steve Covey that said some people are so busy climbing the ladder and that they don't realize until they get to the top of the ladder that the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. Mm. And so that's the thing about, you know, let's get our bearings, get our direction yeah. first. Like let's that. not worry so much about the speed we're going yeah. in. Let's just make sure the direction we're going in is right. And then we can worry about maybe, you know, accelerating yeah. our pace a little bit. Gotcha. Well, that's so good advice. I love those those metaphors. Me too. Mine over mattress, <laughs> lean, ladder leaning against the wrong right. wall. I think those yeah. are, are good yeah, Good I told things. you, I never forgot that when you told me that. I thought, wow. And that's when I knew <laughs> you and I are, we think a lot alike, you know, and and I do really admire your hard work. And I think that's why you're where you're at today, not just with your business, but just everything that you do and the influence you have on people. Um, so here you are, you've been, you've been at the, at your, you've, had this company for what 38 years you said i've been in, got out of law school in 83 and kind of just had a solo practice and then in 1990 i'd been practicing with about five or six other okay. attorneys in a joint office sharing situation one one of those attorneys was mitch jensen okay and then uh when the lease expired there in 1990 mitch and i went off uh separately and formed Siegfried and Jensen and okay. it was just he and I to begin with and a yeah. couple you know yeah. paralegals or clerks or whatnot yeah. and and grew from those small beginnings into you know uh what we are now we have about 80 employees about 18 attorneys and pretty good little business that uh you know puts meat on the table for all of us well I'll tell you I I, I want to say this and I know you, I know you don't like touting yourself but I do want to say you know you guys have a 97% success rate with over 35,000 cases and you've recovered for your clients over, I think, $850 million? Uh, Probably over a billion now. We need Is to, it a billion now? Need you update, need to update that. Update the website, but that, I guess. I have to I mean, get on Jeremy and tell him to update yeah, that. Yeah, Jeremy, but, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but that, I mean, that just, again, it says a lot. You can't just do that on accident. You obviously have a purpose, a drive, that work ethic you were talking about. And again, overall, you're just good to people in the way you treat them. And I think that's why people keep coming back to you. Yeah, we yeah we try to be. And, and you know, what we do as a, representing people who have been injured in accidents, those are people that from whatever walk of life, they've had some, mm -hmm. you know, uh, misfortune. and uh, And so we try to help them. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, get through a rough patch in their life, and we're primarily helping them financially. You know, yeah. in, in the, at the law firm, you know, we don't, uh, you know, take them into the conference room and, and teach them religion or anything. But, <laughs> so we primarily help sure, them financially, sure. yeah. which I guess does uh, is somewhat, uh, you know, you can contrast to what I do at the prison, which is try yeah. to help them spiritually. But it's for sure, but it's all helping people. Yeah. And, and you know, for me personally, and I know for you as well, Todd, that that's very satisfying. It really is. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. You know, I I usually do this towards the end of a every podcast that I have is, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. And I think it'll, uh, I think you'll really give us some good thoughts here. 
if there's someone listening to you right now, Ned, who's struggling and they're just in a place of darkness and they're not sure what to do, what advice could you give to that one person that's listening to you right now? Well, uh, I, I guess I would say pray, you know, uh, I like that. you know, whatever your higher power is, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I personally have never struggled with addiction, but several members of my immediate family as mm-hmm. well as extended family have struggled with uh some of those issues that's how i first came to meet you yeah right and uh it doesn't matter if you have the lds faith or catholic or baptist or 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 buddhist or muslim it doesn't matter i i believe i really do believe the road to to uh better things to to sobriety, if you will, if we put it in, in that context, yeah. and, and remaining sober is is a higher power. It, it's a it's a having a more spiritual life, whatever your higher power may may mm-hmm. you may believe in. Yeah, I just think it's part of getting out of yourself because life is hard, no matter who yeah. you are. None of us get through this life unscathed. We all right. have challenges, <laughs> sure. whether it be health, whether yeah. it be financial, whether it be you know, it, with relationships, and most of us during different times of our life struggle with all these different aspects. But right. I found in my own life, because I've, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I, I guess a pretty religious or mm-hmm. spiritual person sure. yeah. my whole life. That's where I've really derived the strength to, to get through a lot of the tougher times of my life or dealing with, you know, yeah. uh, Certainly, not just vicariously with other people in my family that have, that have struggled with addiction, but it's given me an added measure of strength to be able to help them, right? More more effectively, you know. So it, I feel like you know the the spiritual side of life has allowed me, you know, uh, greater capacity to. Sure to to help and assist others uh, around me whether it's family or otherwise that uh that need need a helping hand so yeah, love i it. guess pray you yeah. know no matter who it is you you visualize or think you're praying to i just think that the, it just brings a you know strength and, and serenity and Right. And uh, calm into, into one's life. And it, it adds perspective so that sure. no matter how bad things may seem today, I think it imbues in a person the hopefully the belief that tomorrow is going to be better and the next day better and the next day better. It's all about that upward yeah. trajectory. Gotcha. Love it. Great advice. No, mm-hmm. seriously, I love that. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule one to come sit here with me today and share a you know a portion of your story with us, but I also want to thank you for believing in me enough that you would be a sponsor of this belief cast. It really has reached so many people. A lot of people will say over you know that they heard one of the guests say this, and, and I decided not to end my life, or I heard this person overcome their addiction, and now I have hope that I'll do it, or just you know, and the list goes on and on and on, and I just. Can't thank you enough that that you guys would be willing, you know, Siegfried and Jensen, and specifically you, Ned, that you'd be willing to support me. So thank you so much. Well, like I said earlier, it's an honor to to associate with with you and and the, the Belief Cast. And and if 
if I can be a small part of, of helping more people uh, listen to and benefit by by what you're doing, then then I consider it a, a great opportunity. So thank you. Oh, you betcha. Well, thanks, Ned, and, and, and everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Again, I told you this was going to be another great thing, and uh, thank you for all your support. Please share this with everyone you know, and again, thank you for believing in me enough. I want you guys to know that I love you, and I hope that you're doing better. Please take some of that advice that Ned said. He, he shared a lot of great things, but if you are struggling, say a prayer, whoever your higher power may be, and know that tomorrow is going to be better. Reach out to me or Ned. Um, and speaking of that, it, could someone reach out to you if they ever wanted to just ask you a question and maybe learn more about what you do? Is that all right? Yeah. What uh, would be the best way for them to do that? Well, I, I probably my wife would be mad if I <laughs> gave out my personal cell number. Yeah, maybe I'm not just that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just call the office or okay. or send a send an email, okay. uh, you know, to the office or whatnot, and uh, gotcha. you know, I'll try to get back to you and talk to you and and. Uh, whether it's you know professionally which you know right. i will do but i'd rather right. talk about uh yeah more important matters you know for sure the spiritual type of yeah. journey that we're talking about so yeah yeah okay well we'll put the contact info in there and and please reach out to ned and he will he'll he'll, he'll help you out if he can anyway whatsoever so again thank you and everybody thanks for tuning in Till next time